0: Welcome to the CYDEF Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Evans, and this is my co host, Michael Fairweather. We're here to provide you with the cybersecurity news that matters to help you in the cyber realm. We are proud members of the Pod Bros Podcast Network. Check them out at podbros.com. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another awesome episode of the PsyDef Cybersecurity Podcast. This week's episode is not a mini cast. We have a guest with us today. But first, again, I am Raymond Evans, and we have my awesome co host on, Michael Fairweather. Michael, how's your week been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Right on, man. And our guest, if you're curious, because we're keeping you uh, on the edge, there is JP Bourget. JP, say hi to everyone. Good evening. JP works out at uh, Security. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do out there and what your security company does?
1: Uh, yeah, so so we are a startup uh, based out of Arlington, Virginia. Uh, we uh, we we went through the Mach 37 uh, Cybersecurity Accelerator, and uh, we are an incident response uh, software. Well, we're a cyber, we're cybersecurity software company, and we have an incident response platform. And what that means is, is we make a, uh, a software part to help facilitate uh, alert handling into incident handling for security operations and incident response teams. And then we have a layer of automation that goes over that. We exist to help uh, make security teams' lives a little bit easier and, and make it so they're not doing 85 DNS queries a day.
0: Nice. All right. So this week we got a couple of awesome stories to talk about. The first story we're going to be discussing is a a new USB stick that anyone can use that destroys almost anything it's plugged into. Mm -hmm. After that, we're going to discuss another massive data breach. We've had so many of them lately, it's getting very, very disheartening. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we're going to discuss uh, Krebs on Security getting hit with a record DDoS. That one's being brought to you by JP himself. All right, Michael, why don't you lead us off here and talk about that uh, awesome little USB stick that anybody can use to uh, destroy some electronics.
2: Yeah, right on. So this is a, uh, as you said, new USB stick. Um, Basically, it's available for purchase by anybody, um, and it destroys almost anything that it's plugged into. It's the USB killer device, as it's being called. It destroys electronic devices uh, that it's connected to with a surge of power. Uh, which is pretty awesome, um, in a not so cool way. Uh, this actual concept was demonstrated last year as a prototype. Basically, it was dubbed the USB Killer. Um, it sends a surge of power into the data lines used to communicate. Now, a Hong Kong-based firm called USB Killer—you know—they're very tongue-in-cheek with this one.
0: They—they they really like that name. They're really sticking to that brand
2: they They are I you know I figured something different from China, but no, just USB killer straight up. Basically how it works: inserted to the port. Um, there are capacitors that are on the device pulling from the uh USB power source. once it's connected and the capacitors are fully charged, it shoots the power back into the data data lines, um, basically giving unexpected power surge uh, to the internal components, uh, basically frying uh, the internal components.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing this device last year when it was being beta test, and it was a very rough-looking device, but I'm happy to see that USB Killer, you know, they made a nice sleek little case for it now, and they made a tester that you can plug into to make sure that the the device is actually working properly. You know, they're really <laughs> stepping up their, their game and their, their product there. It uh, kind of looks like a, a Mac device almost with its sleek white case that it has,
1: <laughs> I, but you know i did read that uh it doesn't affect max
2: though huh exactly so as sleek as it looks it is not a macbook killer
0: for now for now but it's up.
2: not <laughs> well no so apple actually has has cut off that portion um to usb devices so the way it is it has been programmed and, and set up it doesn't work against them
0: well max don't have to worry anyway because in like two iterations like all USB ports will just be gone (laughs) well
1: I bet you that they probably can detect voltage there and and prevent it from getting onto the the
2: device exactly yeah that's that's kind of what it's it's doing
0: Um, so not only do we have to worry about individuals plugging something like a rubber ducky into a computer that they're walking by or you know uh, a USB that has malware on it. now we also have to worry about individuals plugging in these little USB killing devices.
1: Yeah, can you insure against that? Uh,
0: I don't know if you if the insurance policies out there can cover that, but i I had read uh, of some companies that are actually offering. USB condoms, some companies were saying, hey, use these USB condoms to protect yourself. But that kind of didn't make sense to me because the USB condoms just go on devices that you're sticking into computers. Um, so if you if anybody reads that, uh, a USB condom, just ignore <laughs> any advice about that because that would be for something like your phone that you're plugging in to ensure data doesn't travel back to it.
2: <laughs> just more and more stuff to buy to protect yourself.
1: Well, just, or just don't leave your laptop around when people are going to plug that in, right? It's, it's like, it's like the don't click shit stickers, right? Don't click shit. You don't get, you know?
0: Well, for some environments. It's, it's like,
1: this is basic. Like, you know, when you think about how do you protect your grandma from this, right? You tell her to never plug in any USB unless, like, you handed it to her. You know what I mean? Or, you know you tell people not to click links that they don't you know, don't know about it like some of the attack vectors are just so basic still you know we have all these crafty hacks out there but like the stuff that gets people really infected are like you know the 101 stuff
2: oh yeah the social engineering is you can't protect it, it's it's much harder to pre- protect against social engineering uh, and spear phishing than it is anything else
0: it's all about uh, you know educating the user base but it's it's kind of hard um, to say that all you have to do is take your laptop home. when in corporate environments, that's not always possible. In corporate environments, um, a lot of times it's just desktops that they have at each cubicle. So it's it's kind of hard to be able to say, you know, just do um, X, Y, and Z when it comes to something like that. You know, a lot so, of corporate so, environments are still at risk for this. Yeah,
1: fair enough. But like how- – what does this thing do? Does it just blow up the USB port, or does it actually fry the whole computer? Like, I guess I haven't seen it in action yet.
2: Right, I definitely haven't seen
0: it in action. Um, but you know,
1: is this game over, like, for the computer, or is this like your USB port's fried?
0: It, it, from what I had read, it's game over for the the electronic device it plugs into. Huh. All right. Not just the port.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't know about, enough about motherboards and stuff to like, you know.
0: Good yeah, news you- is we, we have contacted this company um, about possibly getting one of the devices to you know do some demonstrations on some old electronics I have. Um, so but
1: maybe they'll send you a computer too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I got I got plenty of things I can fry here. So I did contact them. They told me that they currently have none in stock because they're just completely sold out. And uh, for me to reach back with them in about a week. So hopefully in about a week, um, we will be putting up some, what? Plus, most shipping likely two weeks. Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Mostly, okay, okay, okay. More realistically, hopefully a month from now.
1: Yeah, like Thanksgiving. <laughs> um,
0: we'll be putting up some YouTube videos demonstrating the impact that this device actually has, which will be pretty cool to show off.
2: Yeah, I've got some stuff we can blow up for sure.
0: Yeah, I
1: want to see Sparks, man.
0: <laughs> well, JP, you know, I'll invite you over to my house and we'll just plug in to a whole bunch of stuff and we can see things fry. All right. What are your opinions on this, Michael?
2: Well, you know, like we I did the hand clap thing again. Try not to do it. <laughs> uh, you know, like we said, um corporate world is gonna be a lot different, but when you're working, you know, you're you're worried about your personal device. The consumer device, um, you know, like JP said, don't leave your laptop just sitting around. Um, you know, make sure that you have positive control of your devices, um, of where they are and where they're being stored. That's the biggest thing for consumers. Um, and if somebody shows up at your house, like, hey, I got this cool new thing, you might not want to necessarily want to trust them in plugging in USBs into your computer.
1: When you know, I, what's interesting. What what if you catch the guy doing it to you? Like, is that is that a crime?
0: I, I would think it would be like property.
1: I think it's a crime. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's like a computer fraud and abuse crime or if it's like you know destruction of property. But I'd love to catch the guy that's doing that.
0: What really worries me is things like um, public public uh, phone charging booths and stuff like that. Like. What is that cord actually going to be plugged into on the other end? Is that going to be plugged into this thing?
1: I can't believe people actually plug into that stuff. Like, yeah. I will always have my, you know, I will always have my charger with me.
0: Oh, I see people plug into them all the time oh, I, at I, airports. I, I, yeah, it's I, insane.
1: You know, I, I thought, of, you know, another thing is, like, well, it fries the computer. Does it fry the hard drive? Because, like, that's really, like, the, you know, the ground truth of what's, you know, on the computer. Like it's just. Does it just fry the motherboard, or can I actually recover from this attack?
0: I believe it just fries the motherboard. It yeah, so like it doesn't like, fry the hard drive.
1: Theoretically, I can go pull my hard drive out. I might be okay.
0: Yep. So again, we'll have to test it. Or, or, if or we just get one fry my
1: BitLocker key. Like, what's the uh, my TPM module? Because that would be a great attack. You know, if he could fry the thing that has the, uh, the the trusted encryption key for the drive on it.
0: Oh, that would be. Oh man. <laughs>
1: You guys didn't even think of that, huh? <laughs> no,
0: <Like you're... laughs> game over, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then you just have an encrypted drive, right?
0: Yeah, with, oh. with
2: nothing.
1: So, but I, so 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 now I'm I'm wondering, like, does a, does a motherboard have any defense for that, right? Like do, like is it like on a separate, you know, air gap per se on the motherboard? I'm gonna have to go look into that.
0: USB killer, if you're listening to this, <laughs> which we're gonna send you a link to this. I will be hitting you up and sending you a link to this. Please. Send us out your product so we can uh, demonstrate it and show the full extent of its destruction. How do you say that in Chinese? Ni hao?
1: <laughs> Ni hao ma? Is that hello or goodbye?
0: <laughs> Ni hao is hello. Or like or like good day. Right on. We're going to move on to our next story here. We're going to move away from all of this destruction and – well, physical destruction and, and talk about um, – some some digital data breaching and some destruction of trust, you know, where, where it really hits at the heart of individuals. So once again, we have another massive data breach. First, we had LinkedIn, MySpace, VK, Tumblr, Dropbox. Name it, it's probably been breached most likely back in 2012. Um, surprisingly enough, this one actually is a more recent attack. I was very surprised when I had read that, that this attack actually occurred September 4th and that it is being disclosed now. With a lot, <laughs> oh, man. So many of these breaches, it's been years between disclosures. It's insane. So, ClickSense, you may have been breached, but good on you for disclosing this information so quickly. I'm really proud of that company for doing this. What
1: do they do? What does ClickSense do?
0: So they're uh, an ad revenue company, so uh they pay individuals to watch ads and stuff like that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then they So, so like ads and then do uh surveys. So there's there's a lot of those apps for your phone where it's like take this survey and you'll earn 2, two cents, cents yeah. per survey and people just rack up the money. So that's basically what ClickSense does. They're they're one of those survey companies. Um And in this breach, they lost about 6 million, 6.6 million uh, accounts information, 2.2 million of which um, were put up on PaySpin, and 4.4 million of those accounts are currently up for sale. Uh, Troy Hunter from Have I Been Pwned has validated that these are, in fact, legitimate accounts, so that they were actually uh, breached. I actually had a buddy who woke up to a uh, have-I-been-pwned email this morning notifying him that he was one of the victims of this attack, which is kind of funny. (laughs) I I, I sent this article to you, and then today I'm scrolling through over the Slack chat, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to talk about how you got pwned today. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, I was just sitting here thinking, like, there's 6.6 million people who watch commercials for money. Like, anyways...
0: Hey, they do it for like free in-game items, free gems and stuff all the time. Or I to guess. watch your favorite sitcom. Oh yeah, the the free uh, streaming on like NBC and CBS. they they Oh no,
1: but I th- oh I thought they actually like sat there and reviewed them
0: and stuff. Anyways. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what they do. But I'm just saying. Yeah, we're just saying in
2: general the the whole watching or her... Yeah,
0: to get to get something from it, you know, is very prevalent today. Um, so, in this breach, they uh disclosed names, date of birth, sex, home address, i p addresses, payment history, and some other banking details of the millions of users, which is kind of crazy. So the breach is very insane. um what they did, what's even more insane is that after they breached them, they went through and started poning all kinds of systems throughout this attack. Um, they went through and changed a bunch of the security questions and passwords to some of their servers. And then they went through and did some other things like changing uh, the account balances of users to zero by using SQL commands. <laughs> it's like Hack Me Bank, man. You
1: guys remember that?
0: Oh, yeah. I've played Hack Me Bank.
1: <laughs> it's like the real world Hack Me Bank.
0: Hack Me Bank is such a fun CTF to play. Yeah. So what are your opinions? It's been
1: around for like 15 years. Jeez.
0: Yeah. I'm getting old, man. What are your opinions on this, JP?
1: Well, I, uh, look, man, like this is, uh, the current day and age, like there's one or more breaches a week. Like it's par for the course. Right. I'm really curious what it costs them to clean it up. Right. So like, I, I think they did a good thing in uh, you know, kind of letting their users know what's going on quickly. Like props, uh, you know, I agree with you, like props to that. Like, they must have had a plan, right? Because like we see a lot of companies that, you know, have have something like this happen, and then they're like, "Oh, what do we do?" Right? And so uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm really curious. Like, what did it cost to actually clean this up? You know, was this a million dollar hit to their bottom line? Was this a ten million dollar cost? And then what about reputationally? And, and I would bet that most likely reputationally they'll be fine, right? But but was it a big enough. Reach that it's going to hurt their actual business or, you know, hurt their profitability if they have other problems.
0: I don't think it's going to be a huge impact to their profit because people are going to want to go back to filling out goofy little (laughs) surveys and getting free money for it. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest though. People may be more apprehensive to giving out their actual information to them, Um, you know, setting up fake accounts to get. That revenue, um, but I still I think individuals. are Let let, let me ask
1: the question: Do you think the average ClickSense user uh, even knows that ClickSense got breached?
0: Oh no,
2: no. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting ready to say. Is is most likely the people that are doing this don't even know that they're going through ClickSense to begin with.
1: Yeah. So so even if they did, you know, we're to the point that it's par for the course for this stuff to happen. And if you think of like what got breached at ClickSense. Um, it's most likely data that's replaceable. Uh, so when you look at, like, you know, the all the breaches that happen, there's kind of, like, there's two types of identifying information. Stuff that you can change, like a credit card, like your social, like, uh, you know, your password. And then there's things you can change, like the things that, like, they're who you are, like your fingerprint. Like, if your fingerprint gets stolen, you can't change that, right? If your date of birth gets stolen, like, you can't get a new one. Do you know what I mean? So... so th- I I kind of think that like credit cards and the things that are like replaceable's like yeah that's a breach but like that's way less worse than if it was like you know medical information about me that's unique to myself.
2: Yeah. Well they did they did say that the uh the 4.4 4 million accounts that are left, the ones that are being sold off, um actually include social security numbers.
0: There was that breach and there was also another attack recently on uh on Krebs. Why don't you tell us about that JP since you're the one that uh brought that story to our attention?
1: So you you're pretending like I remember what I read a few moments ago, but uh <laughs> that I can remember that far back. Uh well, so I just saw an article come come through today about uh you know, Krebs wrote a story about some guys who were um selling DDoS services um called VDoS, maybe uh September 8th it looks like and then uh you know on the, on the 21st he he posted that his his uh, site was under a 665 gigabit per second of traffic uh, attack and Martin McKay who is one of the uh, senior security guys over at uh, Akamai, said their previous largest attack they've seen. And you guys know, you know, Akamai sees like two-thirds of the internet traffic, the, the, the entire internet traffic. You guys know that? Yep. Yeah. Um, the, le- the the next largest attack they'd seen was 336 gigs. So this is like almost double. And like, that's a crap load of traffic, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just insane. Um. But what's kind of interesting is, you know, so you kind of have, you guys, network guys? Yep. Yes. So, you know, you have like a SYN flood, um, uh, a GET and POST flood, which are, you know, SIN's, like TCP type style flood, GET and POST is HTTP, it looks like. Yep. But then they, they were doing um, GRE or generic routing encapsulation data packets and flooding that. And so I'm really interested in, like, how do you perform a GRE attack? Like, I, um, I'm not sure I've heard of that before, but also how you how do you kind of spoof that? Because, like, some of the other stuff, you know, you can have a fake return address.
0: Oh, yeah. SIN um, super easy to to pull off.
1: Well, but, the, you know, due to the design of the protocol, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Right? So so the protocol is designed in a way that makes that easy. But, like, you know, doing GRE, I think you kind of have to, like, be provable to who you are for that protocol to work. But anyways... Um, i i thought that those things were all pretty interesting um just just the just the magnitude of it and, and you know one of the things that's been on my like list of things to learn about is like ddos mitigation and you know what are the some of the things you know that that people do to uh to handle that but you know i'll, I'll no need to get in that side of it but i just think it's huge that like this is like probably one of the biggest ddos attacks that's ever been seen um
0: yeah, it's insane. Uh, the The size, the scale of that botnet that they had to have had for this, um, apparently it was the Bashlight, uh, Torlus, uh, Gaffgit, uh and Lizk, Lizkbab malware. Apparently those are all the names that that one malware goes by. Um, but I'm really interested to know how many machines this malware was actually infected with. And, you know, the scope of that control, that C2, oh, man, that must have been insane to set up for this size of a botnet. But apparently it's all Internet of Things-based botnet. So we keep telling people, you know, Internet of Things is a dangerous, dangerous realm to get into. And we see from this attack here that, you know, they used an Internet of Things botnet to perform this attack, which is... Also another crazy aspect of this you know not only was it the largest DDoS that has basically ever been seen but it's also I think the first massive internet of things DDoS as well
1: Yeah I, I want to um hmm, that's yeah that's pretty interesting you know it kind of it kind of sucks for uh, for CISOs of organizations where you know, they have these IoT devices or, you know, these SCADA systems. And, like, uh, you know, I, I think where some of the biggest problem is, is you know, obviously critical infrastructure and healthcare and, and a few other industries where, you know, they have these, um, these things that were made, you know, network-enabled in, like, the late 90s or whatever. And either the manufacturer doesn't make the part anymore or in order for them to upgrade it, it's like, you know, Tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's like cost prohibitive for them to actually do that. So, so it's 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 going to be an interesting you know period of years.
0: So I did uh, read in I did read into this malware a little bit though, um, and the malware is actually it's a dangerous piece of malware, but it's actually pretty kick ass how it works. Um, they always are. I'm a I'm a <laughs> complete nerd for these hacks. You know, like I, I don't condone them. But I think the way people come up with things is pretty, pretty, you know, craft,
1: crafty. Yeah, crafty.
0: I, I don't know a way of saying this without making it sound like I'm supporting the hacks when I'm not. I'm not supporting them whatsoever. I just think their ingenuity is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but what this botnet well, does, look, man.
1: There's nothing wrong with like so. so... I think the characterization of hackers is like gets gets misrepresented, right? You know, the like guys like us who are defenders, right? Or we're trying to teach people how to defend. Like the the ingenuity of like wanting to know how something works in a way it wasn't designed, like that's brilliant. It's just when it's used for bad, is like that's what is frustrating, right? Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: So what this botnet does is not only will it perform these DDoS attacks from the the command and control. Um, and do what the command control tells it tells it to do, but it also is out there scanning uh, for Telnet servers and other Internet of Thing devices and SSH logins for other Internet of Thing devices, and it'll just brute force those logins until it gets into the device, and then sets up a new bot, and then now that new bot is going out and scanning for other Internet of Thing devices and doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's a self-propagating botnet.
1: Yeah, and you know that's not the first thing to do that, right? There's been stuff that does that before.
0: Yeah, yeah, but this one's doing it very well. Yeah. I mean, from the the size of this DDoS, this is a monster of a botnet. Oh, yeah, it's I'm sure, man. And the fact like that you it, say, well, it you know, hasn't they're... been caught already, like, that's a...
1: Well, actually, there's something even more significant that we haven't mentioned yet. is the fact that in many DDoSs, you'll see amplification attacks. So, like, they'll send a DNS query that results in, like, a much larger response, for example. And uh, according to uh, the article uh, on, or, well, you know, Krebs' blog post is that they actually didn't see any amplification and it was still that big. So, So, that's kind of another order of magnitude of, like, WTF.
0: Yeah. So... How do you protect yourself from this? Um, don't use Internet of Thing devices just yet. Or if you do use Internet of Thing devices, lock it down. Um, set up your home firewall to not allow any kind of SSH from external IP addresses through your router. Or, or
1: just don't. Yeah. Or just don't expose big, uh, well-funded criminal syndicates on your personal website.
2: <laughs> Th- that's also a big one. <laughs>
1: No, but but look, Brian does great work. You know, like he 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 uh he he does a good job. I love reading his stuff.
0: He does, he does. And Brian, if you're listening, you're probably not, but if you are, we'll link you on the we'll link you on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna link you. Um, we would love to have you on sometime to talk. Just doing just doing tons of shout-outs today. Send us free stuff to come onto our podcast.
2: <laughs> I so when I when I read this story. JP, when you when you brought this up, I just thought of. I, I realize it's not just this, but I just thought about like thousands of people with the, you know, the fridges that order food for them online. They're like, it takes a picture, and you've got the screen. You don't even have an open, have to open the door, and it's like, oh, what's in my fridge? Oh, what's expired? And it orders it for you. Just thousands and thousands of those, just like attacking his website. I that wanna, was just a mental picture that I had of of thousands of fridges, like, sending out the, the requests to the site.
0: Those those little Amazon buttons, too, the ones that you can just, like, push and it automatically buys whatever product. Have you seen those before? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, wanna I, know refuse,
1: how, I refuse to get that.
0: I want to know how vulnerable those are. <laughs> I, I want to get one of those little buttons, like a tied button, and just, like... Try to break it,
1: hack it. Have you guys played around with any of the Apple HomeKit stuff yet?
2: I don't. I
0: touch turn Apple. that stuff off.
2: I, I use Apple, but I turn that stuff off.
1: Well, but you only turn it on if you if you go buy a HomeKit compatible thing.
2: No, so my my phone, I, I just upgraded to the iOS ten, and it was pre configured to be on. Well, the going-
1: apps installed, but I, I think that you have to like do some work in order to like get it working.
2: Right, I just I'm I'm the type of person that if I'm not using something, I don't want it to just be automatically on. Like, you well, know, yeah, you phone and like, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are on. No, that's why well, I have
1: the surface off. area exposed. Right, exactly. Um, but you know, being being like the tech lover at heart, it, uh, I went out and bought some of the Apple HomeKit stuff over the weekend, and uh, I'm getting ready to install the Echo B thermostat. So it's kind of like a competitor to the Nest. Yeah. So, so like, when we all edit, what's cool, like, so so it's cool, and I'm sure, like, it, you can hack the shit out of it, but apparently HomeKit did it right, and, like, everything's encrypted. I haven't had a chance to, like, mess with it to see what the traffic looks like, but uh, apparently, like, you know, anything that connects with HomeKit has to support encryption, but uh, but you, you can do things, like, you can, like, leave your house, and your, your GPS and your phone realizes you've left, and it turns your heat, you know, your AC or your heat off. Whatever you get within a mile of your house, it'll fire it up. You know, you can kind of schedule the lights to come on at like you know sunset and different things. So, um, the 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 one that I want is like my uh, my family continues to leave doors and windows open when the AC is running. So you can get you can get window and door sensors right Mm -hmm. that know when the windows are open. So I want to when the windows are open or doors open, I want to turn turn the heat of the AC off so that I'm not paying to heat the outside.
2: Yeah,
0: I I like stuff like the outside.
2: Nah, so I like stuff like that but I am scared of it. Like a, as someone who does this every day, like I don't want that. I don't want that attack surface into my home. So it, it, it is kind of unnerving to be like, Oh yeah. You know, I want to get the, like, I like the idea of the nest. I, I like the idea of being able to save money on my energy costs. Cause you know, it's controlled by Wi-Fi. you know, doing all these things like, Oh, I left, I can turn it off. That's awesome but I don't want that. Like, at the end of the day, I'm the paranoid person who, like, just absolutely hates that kind of stuff. Even though I think it's awesome and I want one, I don't want one.
0: I hate your stuff. (laughs) I'm actually currently um, in the process of breaking, uh, well, exploiting the Wemo link. So that's something I've been working on lately is uh, the smart light bulbs trying to do some nasty stuff with them
1: let me know what you do man so so i got one of those little phillips hue hubs and uh so now we have a bunch of light bulbs all over the place and the the coolest part about them is now they're all dimmable and like, they're not dim- dimmable sockets
2: yeah. but uh so shout out to my dad he works for phillips cool just that, uh don't yeah, worry he,
0: that that'll be edited out
2: <laughs> he's not gonna <laughs> he doesn't listen so it's fine um <laughs> but no he he has some of those and actually that was the first it was funny he showed me a couple of years ago um he was like hey Mike come check this out I got these uh it's like we got these light bulbs and you know we put them in and he had uh, he had thrown a baby shower for my wife um when we were having our daughter he's like you know I set the lights to pink and you know I set the you know it's all this cool stuff and I said that's awesome dad how secure are those like Let's, t- let's take a look at it. Like I didn't delve, dive into it or anything, but definitely, you know, even then was like I want to I want to know how this works. Let's check it out.
0: Right on. But yeah, my
2: dad works for Philips, so he uh, he had those a couple years ago.
1: Right on. So, so is he actually part of the uh, team making that stuff, or
2: no? So, what my dad does, he actually works on the uh, the medical equipment. Got it. Uh, side. He just he just likes technology as well, but no, he he does. Um, He's the, uh, uh, install and upgrades for, um, their medical equipment. So like CTs, MRIs, x-rays, stuff like that. Well, so
1: I just found an article on Forbes. So, so now I'm like, well, how screwed am I that I'm doing all this home kid stuff? So a month ago, Marcus, a 31 year old man living in Springfield decided to go all in on a smart, a smart home. Um, but, uh, At first, everything worked flawlessly, and his front door would automatically unlock when he walked up to his house. Uh, The lights would brighten gradually after he woke up, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then there's this big problem. Marcus had placed an iPad Pro in his living room to serve as a central voice-controlled hub. He used it as the Apple version of the Echo, and uh, without pressing the button, he could say, Hey, Siri, dim the lights. You know how you can say, like, uh, I just said, Hey, Siri, and my phone just took over. Um. <laughs> damn it. Um, but so, so he probably secure. So no, but like basically, because he said left it in his living room, somebody could say, "Hey Siri," through his window, and unlock his front door, and they robbed him.
2: Oh
0: man! Oh, that's so terrible.
2: <laughs> oh. So that reminds me. I don't know if you, uh, JP. I don't know if you watch Mister Robot, but uh, I know Ray and I do. They had a um, uh, uh, I've, similar I've kinda, situation. I've kind of
0: stopped watching that show. It's oh, a, come on, man. It's a bit of watered-down hacker culture now to me, man. It's All
2: right. Like, all right. Well, I, I'm still watching it, and actually the season finale is tonight. Uh, I've so...
0: heard it's pretty good. I haven't gotten to it yet.
1: I'm well, in the middle. I just finished uh, Stranger Things. Oh,
2: Stranger sure. I've, I've, I've heard good Stranger things. things. I haven't watched there. it yet, though.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good. And then uh, I'm watching uh, season two of Marco Polo. I'm all about the period pieces, man.
2: Sherlock Holmes, or Sherlock, BBC.
1: Yeah, that's on my list. I haven't watched it yet.
2: It's amazing. My wife and I just finished it.
0: Look, the reason why I stopped watching Mr. Robot, okay, uh, spoilers, actually, I don't care about dropping spoilers, I do it all the time, Um, is when uh, they were like, oh, guess what, he's in prison the entire time. This has all been in his head. Like, there's only so many times I want to watch a show that, there's only so many times I want to be surprised by a show and go... Hey, guess what? It's in the crazy guy's head again. Then throughout the entire rest of the series, I'm just going to be like, all right, it's all in his head. All in his head. You know what's going to happen at the end of the, the series altogether? They're going. He's going to like wake up in his bed, be like 12 years old, and be like, ah, the entire show was in his head, and he's a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> what about, I, I'm more of a Silicon Valley fan,
1: I
2: think. I do like that show.
0: I love Silicon Valley. I think it is one of the best representation of IT nerds. Other than the IT crowd.
2: Now that that is definitely a much better representation. <laughs> I do. I I, I rewatch that series all. The- that series hilarious. Like the same
1: skits are like just as funny five years later.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm oh, I'm probably watching it for the fourth or fifth time. Just started like last week. Um, but what I was saying about Mr. Robot. So I, I realize. Okay, so ne- now neither of you watch it anymore. But the, I've never
1: seen an episode.
2: So it, sorry to say. It is a very good show. Um, definitely
1: I, season I haven't seen the latest Star Wars yet. Because I've been so fucking busy. Like, it came in at wet and I just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> like, isn't that crazy for, like, a, a computer guy or a geek to, like, I haven't seen Star Wars.
2: It's already on Blu-ray.
1: Blue, hey, people have Blu-rays? I,
2: I
0: I stream all my stuff. Well, I also have a... I
1: could probably rent it on Apple TV or whatever, but...
2: That's true. Okay, so
0: it's on HD. You yeah, can, you, you can yeah, get a version.
2: Yeah, I
1: I don't know. I just haven't had a chance. But, you should uh, just edit that out. I don't want that to be public.
2: <laughs> we'll fix it. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so... With,
0: edit and post. The,
2: yeah, edit and post. So talking about the, the Internet of Things, though, and, and that guy getting his house hacked. So in one of the episodes, this, this lawyer in the show has everything... Built into her house, and everything's wireless, or if there are wires, it's all run through the wall. She has absolutely no way of controlling it, and it's being hacked. And it just dri- it drives her crazy to the point where she leaves the house for weeks because everything's just malfunctioning. Yeah. And, and it's a definite possibility. Even if it's as you know simple as yelling "Hey Siri" to an iPad sitting in your living room. Um, So
1: we don't like the fact that like we like the capability to dim lights, but now we can't turn things off with the light switch. Right. So that's kind of annoying. And look, you know, like the Philips thing was like forty nine dollars. So like we're like, I'm just gonna try it out, see if I like it.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, I appreciate it. I mean, it helped. If you had bought it, you know, thirty years ago, it would have helped pay for me growing up but now at this point it's just paying towards my dad's retirement which is awesome as well so
1: um <laughs> is there that much margin on these on these things
0: no but i'm sure there's there's got to be some kind of percentage
1: yeah yeah but
0: uh right on guys let's let's get this episode here wrapped up <laughs> we had a we had a lot of side tangents there all right so we talked about some awesome stuff this week. Um, so our first story, you know, we had talked about that USB killing device. Don't leave your devices laying around. Simple as that. Don't plug your device into anything you don't trust. You should already not be doing that. If I, I if I ever see you at an airport plugged into one of those uh, charging stations, you better believe I'm going to lecture you on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it all the time. I'm that annoying asshole at the airport that stand there telling people you really shouldn't be plugged into that. I could hack you. <laughs>
1: I just tell him I already hacked them.
0: <laughs> Thank you for plugging your device in. I now have root. So our second story that we discussed was ClickSense and their massive data breach that they that had occurred. And you shouldn't be putting as much sensitive data on the internet. As there was in this database. Because you can't trust anything online. You really can't. Um, We've seen these data breaches. Over the past couple of years. And I can't believe some of the things. That people are still putting on the internet. And doing on the internet. And then finally we discussed. uh, Krebs. Krebs on security being hit with a record DDoS. And. I had suggested. um, If you do buy. An internet of things. Device that you set up the proper rules on your router to disallow anybody to try to telnet into your network or SSH into any device on your network. Do you have any closing comments for us, JP? Any anything you want to tell the fans before we sign off here?
1: Well, uh, I hope everyone's at DerbyCon this weekend. If you know, I know St. Louis is pretty close, right? And uh, what, what do you guys like? Uh, maybe a three-hour drive from uh, Louisville.
0: Uh yes yeah about that.
1: So uh so so I'll be at DerbyCon um kind of you know pimping my company and uh you can uh, find us uh on Twitter at Syncurity. so that's S Y N C U R I T Y Syncurity. We're gonna be doing a instant response capture the flag uh sometime this fall. Uh, we were hoping to have it kind of tested and live already, but uh, uh again you can send us a tweet uh to. Uh, our Twitter account or uh, submit the contact us on our webpage uh, www.security.net. And uh, I think that's all that's going on right now. You know, right. On.
0: we will put links to all your information and your webpage in our show notes. Th-
1: there is a, um, a blog post we just did guys about the instant response hierarchy of needs that uh, it might be interesting to talk about, but it's also kind of late. It's 11 o'clock here, but um, yeah, yeah, I should have thought of that. Hey,
0: hey, we would love to have you back on another time, JP, yeah. where we can do a, an episode just on incident response.
1: That'd be awesome. I just want to thank you guys for having me. It's been it's been it's been a fun time. Right on.
0: All right, I was I your it. I was your host for this week, Raymond Evans, and he was my awesome co-host,
2: Michael Fairweather,
0: and he was our fantastic guest this evening, JP Bourget. All right, stay safe. Keep your network safe. And have a week. Have a
1: week. Have a good week.
0: Cybersecurity training has traditionally been really expensive and therefore too hard to come by for many people. The result of super high-priced training is a skill gap that has left the industry with over 1 million unfilled jobs, which is crazy. But CyberAry is working to change that. The cybersecurity training revolution has begun. Get free training courses and find jobs in the field at CyberAry.it. Employers looking for cybersecurity talent can also post jobs there. So again, free cybersecurity training and jobs at CyberAry.